I can't stand it anymore. I deserve better. How often do you think thoughts and impulses like this go through people's heads? In addition, do you think, in general, they steer people to act in constructive or destructive ways? In this episode, the good doctor explains how people use distress as permission to try and feel better right now, and how it affects their stress levels overall. Roll the intro! morning everybody hello hello and welcome to <sighs> coffee with cashy i'm your host dr trevor cashy and on today's episode we have ourselves one of dr cashy's fixes i deserve to comfort myself hint yes you do yes you do <laughs> A little bit of background here, a little bit of background to this. Get everything situated here. A little bit of background. Emotional drinking, emotional insert vice here, emotional eating is a little more of an open range subject these days and I'm, and I'm glad for it. A lot of times this stuff has been kind of stifled or suppressed or whatever kind of word you want to use, but now it's, it's okay to talk about it a bit more, so I'm going to. Uh, and, and in most circumstances, I've seen these emotional vices, we'll just call them, are mostly described in the context of maybe being the only option to deal with whatever negative feeling you have. Uh, killing time, because yes, boredom is also an emotion. Numbing pain or equivalent. Using emotional vices to numb pain is probably the most common one I, I, I see people use or talk about. And I'm going to throw a fourth one into the mix here. An option that is far more taboo, because that's fun for me and spicy for everybody else, right? And that is taking part in an emotional vice because you feel entitled to. Strange, right? I'll explain more in a second. It'll make more sense then. I think part of this is because the term entitled is kind of uh, has a negative connotation now. Uh, so it, just know that it's uh, you, you can you can it's synonymous with deserve essentially. So even though it's easy to see how everybody, including me, including you, feel like they deserve to feel a little better than they currently do, and since you only have to listen to me here, <laughs> it's a great opportunity to be honest with yourself as to how often deserving to feel better affects your decisions. I would say if it affects your decisions, but I'm, but I'm throwing down the gauntlet and saying everybody at some point actively compensates for feeling bad because they think they deserve to feel better. I'm comfortable with saying that. I'm good with it. For that reason, think of this as more of a frequency thing. And is the frequency high enough such that thinking and acting this way justifies some of my attention now? Ask yourself, do I feel like I deserve to comfort myself? And does the way I comfort myself pull me toward what I want or push me away? Feeling like you have to comfort yourself specifically in, in a specific way uh, is a total That's more about feeling like it's your only option to feel better. Uh, what I'm talking about is whether or not you feel entitled to do whatever this behavior is, whatever this emotional device is because you deserve it, okay? I'm throwing one of my nurses under the bus here. 
One, I love nurses. Two, it's typical for them to have stressful responsibilities and stressful. Three, they consistently and constantly interact with other people and this fosters better than average psychosocial attunement. Point four, they let me experiment on them and they are commonly matter of fact. And last but not least, probably the most important is I learn a lot from working with nurses so selfishly, thank you. Seriously though, if I have ever helped you in any way, go thank a nurse because I'm willing to bet a nurse had something to do with it directly or indirectly, okay? This nurse in particular, Jessica, she had the triple whammy going, alcohol, nicotine, and fast food, okay? Believe you me, she understood, <laughs> she understood how hilariously incongruent that was as a healthcare professional, okay? And on top of constantly spending her life countless hours and nights with fresh babies in intensive care, which was a massive source of stress on its own, she had the additional and highly stigmatized stress of addressing the conflict with her emotional vices and her profession. Believe me, nurses effing know when they are doing unhealthy stuff and they want to stop it more than you like to make fun of them for it, okay? <laughs> Many times a day's or night's work leaves them going home with serious emotional disturbances. This is partly why, morbidly, I guess, I love working with nurses. Uh, what is a day's work for them borders on the extreme for most other people, so I felt that if this nurse could figure out a way, then anybody can. <laughs> really. Anyway, Jessica would spend all day and all night taking care of others, specifically babies in intensive care, having an acute understanding of the time and energy it took to do that. However, on her way home, burning a few cigarettes down and stopping through the drive-thru, she would say, this is what I do to take care of myself so I feel better. This is what she told me. Aha. And that was Dr. Cashy's third person light bulb moment. An entire world of stress, conflict, and vicious cycles came crashing down. Jessica had made a direct connection between taking care of herself and feeling better. Okay. Logically, when calm and collected, you can intuit this as a unidirectional relationship. That means, yes, if you take care of yourself, then you feel better. That makes perfect sense. However, during times of extreme chronic or sustained stress, this very quickly turns into, if I feel better, then I'm taking care of myself. Ah, <laughs> ah. see how this is a, a unidirectional thing? It's easy to think it's bidirectional, but it's unidirectional. Okay, I'll say it again. If you take care of yourself, then you feel better. But that's way different than if I feel better, then I'm taking care of myself. Very important. These treats do make you feel good. And when you follow the logic path, even though it's obviously distorted when you look at it from an armchair while calm, it's totally logical when you look at it through the eyes of a physically, mentally, and emotionally drained caretaker. <laughs> she, of course, commented about how it made her feel after, and she'd be embarrassed to be caught. Ugh, quote. Another thing worth flagging if you feel this way. I know this goes against what I really want, Jessica says, but I don't, but don't I deserve to feel good too? Hmm. To which third person Dr. Cashy replies, duh, if anybody deserves to feel good, it's you. Don't you also deserve all the benefits of being lighter, fitter, and feeling amazing? 
She was a quick study and immediately got it. We brainstormed together and came up with this mantra that I think might be useful for you too. The mantra we came up with was, I deserve to feel better and I deserve to be fitter and happier, so I'm doing both. I'll say it again. I deserve to feel better and I deserve to be fitter and happier, so I'm doing both. And yes, the tone is very important here. I'm doing both. <laughs> for sure. So here's a solution hierarchy that was the result of our brainstorming sessions, okay? Making a list of all the things that make you feel better, even by the tiniest fraction, right now. All the things that make you feel better right now, even by the tiniest fraction. It could be anything, even if it's socially awkward, even if it's illegal, whatever. That's part of the fun. All the things that make you feel better. Of those things, which of them pull you closer to what you want? Write a, write a few words, just a few, on how they pull you closer and what other pleasant side effects there are from doing this thing, okay? Which of these, which of these activities or behaviors have a neutral effect? Write a few words on how they keep you on track versus throwing you off. Which of them push you further from what you want? Write a few words on how they push you away and what other annoying side effects they may have outside of the obvious. A few words is all you need. Writing it down is super important though. How skewed is this list? Do you have enough neutral, positive, or productive procrastination techniques? Heck, it may even behoove you to go spelunking to find out, literal or figurative spelunking, <laughs> about what other things you could possibly do. And that's fun. That's fun on its own if you let it be fun, okay? So some points to remember here. It's really easy to fall into the trap of I've experienced a negative and now I need a positive to balance it out. In cruder terms, I feel entitled to a positive because I felt a negative. The everyday translation of this is like the, the example that I just mentioned with Jessica, where maybe you have a rough day or a week and instead of trying to numb the pain, you actively seek pleasure. Okay, and a classic example of this is an extremely demanding job, a negative, and because of that, maybe drinking with friends on weekends, right? And this is actively seeking a positive thing out of entitlement from feeling negative versus avoiding a negative thing. These are subtle but informative differences in terms of how you coach yourself and how I coach you. Of course, you feel entitled to feel better. <laughs> Embrace it. That's perfectly fine. Sometimes I talk about how to change the way you feel. Sometimes I talk about how to change your environment. Here we're assuming those things are static and the negative event or piled up events have already happened or are happening. This means what probably needs auditing is how you choose to feel better, what the outcome of that thing is and if you're okay with the outcome. Feeling better through chemistry, staying up all night goofing off, alcohol, overeating. Dr. Cashy thinks these things backfire if one, your intentions are to leave those things behind you and two, your intentions are to be healthier, happier, fitter, and better at stuff. For that reason, this is homework best done when you're in a good mood. So you have a decision-making process already laid out for when you're a grouchopotamus. Also, most important, it allows you to set things up ahead of time. For instance, if you're a go through the drive through on the home loop, like, like Jessica, where she'd, she'd smoke some cigarettes and go through the drive through on the way home and was caught in that loop, then having a satisfying meal made and already waiting for you at home make things easier when you're stressed and grouchy. Just another way that she set herself up to win. Okay, so wrapping this up here. Where other people are slaves to their impulses, you have the tools to inject logic and reason. 
Do you want to stack the cards in your favor? This is how you program yourself to act automatically in ways that are congruent with your values. It ends the conflict, the conflict that causes all this vicious cycle nonsense. Discomfort comes in any case, and so the question becomes, do you want to deal with the discomfort now or deal with it now and later, right? Do you distract yourself for what literally amounts to a few minutes, or do you say yes to yourself and distract yourself such that you literally reap the rewards from your productive procrastination? <laughs> a situation where through your influence, the absolute worst case is a positive. And in many cases, during times of extreme stress, a neutral outcome is positive for sure, because relative relative to especially to how other people act, right? Which would you rather feel more entitled to? Scratching an itch or reaping legitimate benefits and rewards? Hmm. So if we need extra help with constructing strategies like these, learning to succeed, even when it feels impossible, Dr. Cashy always here for you. Dr. Cashy is always here for you. Just let him know, right? I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out! <laughs>